0: This is the 2TM News Podcast with Jack Howard and Tim Coates, thanks to Supersteel. If it's happened in the news over the last week, you'll hear Jack and Tim discuss it right here on the 2TM News Podcast, thanks to Supersteel Tamworth, providing quality steel products, excellent customer service, along with cutting, bundling, and prompt delivery. There's steel, and then there's Supersteel.
1: Hello and welcome to another 2TM News Podcast brought to you by Supersteel. Good afternoon, Tim. G'day
0: Jack, and we're um, very privileged today, we've got the Mayor of Tamworth Regional Council, Councillor Cole Murray, how are you?
1: Yeah, good thanks Tim, and Jack, how are you? We are very well, thank you, and uh, Cole, uh, another another microphone in front of you, Uh, the same question, water, Uh, you're getting this a fair bit, but uh, good news with that water reservoir up One Tree Hill being fixed up on Monday.
2: Yes, the main leak uh, has been repaired which is great news without losing or contaminating any water so that's, uh, you know, that's a really good result. But there's still a, a very minor leak in the floor which um, I think the water guys have got some divers coming in to have a little bit of a squeeze at that and see how we're going to address that. But um, you know, a lot of these older reservoirs they are around you know, 30, 40, 50 years old and they do require a little maintenance.
0: <laughs> Just a little bit like <laughs> you and I,
2: mate. To be honest, eh? yeah. Look, it's uh, I know all about that, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but the storage solutions, I mean, that fixes
0: that one up. And uh, but you know, the dam's not going to get any bigger uh, going forward. I think uh, we talked to Ian Lobbin last week, and he suggested that uh, council, after this drought's broken, maybe the dam gets the seventy, eighty. Council will review its uh, its plan, its drought management plan. Any hints, tips, what might be in that, mate? As far as you're concerned.
2: Look, I think it's. Such a complex um, issue, Tim. The you know the drought management plan is predicated on a lot of um, a lot of different sort of external influences come into play, and you've got things like um, you know our uh, water sharing plan, our our um, sustainable diversion limits, our environmental um, restri- or flows or restrictions for environment. Um, You know, it's, it's, uh, and the water in the dam, it's, it's not just for council, it's not just for our community, it's, it's uh, also for irrigators. So, you know, there's this water sharing plan is quite complex and there's the interrelationship of uh, surface water, which is, um, you know, means pumping out of the river and also the, the wells and the bores which are in the aquifer, uh, you know the Peel Valley is an aquifer, we've just interestingly had a study, a groundwater study completed for Tamworth and the reality is we we really don't have much in the way of groundwater, it's all, all the underground water rests in the um, Peel River alluvium and um, you know is directly related to the river so when the river stops the groundwater stops and um, you know so. Our drought management plan is quite a complex document and, but I think the, you know, the, the discussion and, and the strong message we're getting from the community is they'd like us to revisit our triggers for when different uh, actions take place and different levels of water restriction take place and I think that'll always be the crux of it, just how we manage that.
0: Yeah look and I think we're talking to Ian also, we mentioned um, with him that uh, the, there was a great consultation process last time, there was a, a, a lot of conversation. And we basically started twice as far out as we did before back in 2006-07. So we were a long run at this one. It seemed people don't have to turn the tap on. That's the other thing we need to...
2: Yeah, look, it's, it's um, you know, sometimes we just overcomplicate things because if people are really concerned about water, well, just stop water on the lawns and, uh, you know, that saves an enormous amount of water. And uh, But I guess it is a modern society and we like to consider ourselves as a progressive society here in Tamworth and um, and around the region so you know we've got to get on top of this stuff.
0: Now another media outlet off the back of that is um, running a bit of a a bit of a story, Um, good thing or bad thing? I think it's a bad thing A a look for the town but anyway.
2: Yeah look I think we've got to have the conversation though and uh, we've got to get it out there and I think particularly our politicians, um, um, including, I guess, people like our councillors, um, our state members, our federal members, they, they need to understand that people are seriously concerned about, you know, water security. And our issue is long-term water security. Our You know, we can manage water into the short term, but... The, the long-term water security is a problem and the only way we can solve that in this particular valley is to get more water storage
1: one of these things are uh, the ongoing water issues is doing it's really putting council in the firing line is a good chance to kind of reflect on uh, how much uh, councils now held responsible or the members are uh, both uh, federally and state due to social media these days uh, you know one article from the northern daily leader can trigger 120 130 uh, messages and replies from keyboard warriors sometimes even personaling out uh single council members how does council deal with that
2: oh look i think that's part of um you know part of the the sign on criteria if you if you can't handle that well you just don't go there but um (coughs) excuse me the reality is jack in 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 today's world we've just got to deal with that and uh, you know there's lots of free advice out there People seem almost obliged to have an opinion and probably irrelevant to them whether that opinion represents the actual facts or something else uh, but they just seem to have an opinion. Yesterday's opinion may well be forgotten today. Uh, but. The reality is, uh, you know, in in positions of uh, responsibility like a federal or a state member or even a council member, you know, we have to deal with these issues and, uh, you know, that's that's certainly what the council focuses on and I guess we're generally accepted as being that level of government closest to the people so we probably have more interaction with the people on a day-to-day basis but, um, you know, notwithstanding the, you know, the relevance of our state and federal members in this whole discussion.
1: Very well answered there. I think so. You should be a politician. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the regional freight hub, mate. It's eighteen
0: months, and I've, you know we. You're on the record as saying, I can't put a date on it because, um, but it's a bit yeah. further down the track.
2: It's very frustrating, Tim. It's been a long, hard grind this one, and um, you know I think, uh, I guess being, being, trying to be fair, income and honest and uh, understanding of what the situation is. We saw with the. You know, the previous government there was quite a bit of corruption, and um, qu- there was some mishandling of responsibility. Um, you know, with some of the ministers of the day, and um, subsequent legal uh, issues followed. But I think the government today, or certainly the the, um, the coalition government, has been pretty fair, dinkum and pretty genuine in trying to put some things in place so that you know. Um, public funding of, um, of um, public assets is, is done in a very appropriate way but I think in my view certainly uh, it's just inadvertently gone a bit over the top and uh, now we're struggling to deal with so many different layers of approval uh, for you know, if we look at, for example, the um, Snowy 2 uh, Hydro Legacy Fund, um, you know, $4.16 billion, $4,000 million the state government has to distribute around the regions. This freight hub, or this upgrade to the railway line, which is key to the whole freight hub, mm. uh, $7.4 billion. Do- million dollars. And we've been messing around this. The funding was first announced on the 7th of November 2017. Late, as late as last friday i uh, i had the opportunity to uh, i guess air my views with the deputy premier and um you know i've got a lot of respect for john Barilaro. he's got a tough job there and uh, certainly in my view a good effective politician and um, you know i think john was actually quite embarrassed by it and uh, he's determined that this project goes ahead The you know the funding has been approved it's just actually just actually getting started getting the design started and uh but anyway the short answer the the designs has started and uh the design is expected to be completed in two to three months and then the construction will follow and uh, you know it's probably probably getting towards a year of construction uh, cube logistics who are the they're the winning bid for the operation of the the um, intermodal centre. They're um, you know they're ready to go, but they they need to understand just exactly where the train line's going into the centre so that they can do their design around that. So all sounds a bit complicated, but really it shouldn't be that hard. But um, well, it
0: shouldn't be when you're lining up with the Werris Creek project, which basically happened in what three months or but
2: yeah look a very short process it's been through its approvals and everything and uh, privately funded which i guess is a yeah, the big difference the quicker, yeah. and um, you know again i think our, our state government probably um and i've been quite vocal on this uh we are part of new south wales also out here in the regions i know we're over the sandstone curtain from the from the big city but um we're a part of new south wales and we're entitled to our share of um you know these this recycling of assets and the sale of the, uh, the um, Snowy 2 so you know I, I just I, I just get so incredibly frustrated nothing ever happens fast enough for me and coming from a lifetime in the private sector I, I, after 15 years on council I still struggle sometimes <laughs> with these government processes and uh, find it enormously frustrating.
0: Well, I guess the other that springs off the back of that then is that we didn't have a change at state or federal level. You've had some ongoing conversations and obviously some relationships there. Is that going to make this happen a little bit quicker and a little bit easier for you?
2: No doubt, Tim. I think, um, you know, these projects are good projects and I I believe that they would be uh, uh, certainly supported by either side of government, whoever gets elected and, um, you know, uh, things like our university, etc. But um it certainly makes it easy when we've got similar people to deal with and you know the same government the sa- there's you know there's it's uh, sort of more of the same pretty much and um you know we'll see a budget come down in the next few weeks so uh, you know hopefully that sort of that takes away a lot of this uncertainty within government we all know where we're heading we know what our priorities are and uh, hopefully these projects will flow a bit quicker
1: is there an added pressure on the members themselves because they go into elections with knowing that the community for an example uh, here in Tamworth, are really strong behind the push for university do you think there's then the added pressure for themselves to deliver that in their next
2: term Oh, no doubt, Jack. And, um, you know, I think we're fortunate here in Tamworth to have a good um, state member in Kevin Anderson. He's, you know, he's pretty well in touch with the issues that are out there. And, you know, I know for a fact how hard he works. And uh, we work very closely with Kevin. And, you know, but it does certainly bring some pressure to bear. He's only one small part of a very large government and uh, one voice of many. And, uh, you know, thankfully now he's a he's a minister. So he's... He's got a little bit more clout in the debate and, um, you know, we'd hope hope that uh, in the future that'll that'll um, bring more spoils to the city.
0: Well, I mean, what is the next big, big thing then? I mean, the, the skate park a couple of weeks ago, um, just about a couple of weeks ago, we've got the athletics track, we've got the cycling track, we've got some hockey fields coming. So the next big thing, is it
2: the pool, the performing arts or the, the, the U-word, the university, or all, or all three? Look, the I guess the the aquatic centres... Pretty immediate um, you know that's certainly that's certainly got some currency with um, you know we've done the community consultation We've we've uh, done extensive consultation and um, you know maybe even too much consultation I think because things get too confused when you keep talking about the same subject for too long but um, it's certainly certainly at a, a stage of maturity and um, you know council will be seeking funding on that um almost immediately we'll be starting to have those discussions with government the the university has um got some currency we've got a you know a hard commitment from the state government of 26.6 million dollars we've uh, we're having discussions as we speak with um member for new england arnaby joyce about uh now that um you know the federal government's been returned which is is also a good thing for these sorts of projects we don't have that time lag. We've got the same minister for education, Dan Teahan. So, you know, we're hopeful that that uh, that'll get a wriggle on the the performing arts centre, which is another very big ticket item on our uh, you know our social infrastructure agenda. Uh, that'll be that'll be a very large project, Tim, and it's quite an exciting one. Um, you know, we've got. An amazing group of professionals that uh, you know helping us with the design and the business case and putting that whole project together but uh reality is the lease on the existing capital theater i think it's around 2022 that, that expires so i guess the urgency for that project is not quite um, upon us as uh, maybe the uni and the and the aquatic center but uh, certainly we're doing the work now and it's timely that we are because we know that these projects take you know they have a fair bit of lead time.
0: Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, that, I mean, I still remember Peter Ross's face when the conversation started about the Performing Arts Centre. I think he, he was like a dog with three tails, not two. He's, uh, he's a very yeah. dedicated individual, but there's a lot of, lot more than just Peter, obviously.
2: Yeah, there is, Tim. And I think it's been... Uh, whilst Peter's sort of... He's certainly had a firm grip on the steering wheel of this whole project and very passionate about it. I think it's been quite clever the way he's, he's sort of approached it where, you know, approached it on the base of not being quite so concerned about the um you know the capital cost of the build but more concerned and more focused about the business case and having having you know enough business activity on the site there that um you know makes it a financially sustainable uh, venture and um you know we'll need some extraordinary funding from both the state and the feds uh for that project but um it's got a lot of community support and i must say whilst you know the design is not completed yet but um we it was only i think last week we had a bit of a run through with the architects and um pretty exciting stuff about you know what that'll bring to tamworth and what new opportunities for things like the uh, conservatorium of music and you know having having things like a, um, a recording studio in there for um, aspiring musicians and having the facilities there for a university to teach you know high level music courses having having all the you know the cafes the restaurants the the uh, liquor outlets the the whole box and dice there that goes together to make a properly functioning um, you know um, performing arts centre and having the opportunity to build it right at right next door to the library and the art gallery adds significant value having that facility in the CBD is very attractive for um, event managers and uh, people who bring you know conferences and events to Tamworth so all in all it's a great uh, a great project and I think the one of the challenges for the council at the moment is, um, you know, we've gotta, we've gotta actually demolish an existing building to get there. And that's the old Parry council building, which is not really that old. So that's a bit of a dilemma, but, um, that's part of this business case to weigh up so that we're absolutely confident, uh, you know, what the business case is, what it looks like, what the long term sustainability looks like, and, uh, how much it'll cost the community in the into the future to look after them, because it's great to have these fantastic community assets, but somebody's actually got to pay to maintain them and look after them. And, you know, we look at all the stuff we've built around Tamworth in the last, you know, 30, 40 years, there's, there's a lot of looking after there. <laughs>
1: so if we're talking about in with the new, then I guess it's out with the old, in with the new. Uh, so what does have to go in terms of recycling of some uh, old uh, facilities? Uh, Tim, what we got the old uh, athletics track that... Uh, maybe one of the sites of the uh, pool in the CBD, uh, where are they up to with those facilities being recycled?
2: Yeah, well, at the moment, the, um, whilst there is certainly some debate and the hard decision hasn't been made yet, but the business case for the Aquatic Centre is predicated on selling both of the pool sites. And, um, you know, if if both or either aren't sold, well, um, uh, you know, that has a big impact on that business case. And... and um, they, you know, an aquatic centre is not not a great money earner that um, e- everyone wishes to, <laughs> to invest in to get a financial return out of it. They're they're pretty tough tough things. So, uh, you know, that'll be interesting to have the finish that debate off uh, about the disposal of those two pool sites. And uh, you know, there's a lot of community interest in that, and uh, quite a bit of pressure on council to, you know, particularly uh, consider retaining the. The um, town pool site, and, you know, when you throw into the mix things like we're doing that whole Bicentennial Park Master Plan review, we've just started that, and that's a significant piece of work, probably take us a year, I suppose, to get through all of that. How that impacts... Because uh, that's a prime piece of land there, both for a commercial venture and also for a passive um, recreation... Ve- um.
0: Great venue for a day on the green if you took all <coughs> that space in, wouldn't it? I mean, you know...
2: Oh, it is, Tim. And, and, you know, there's things like... Um, you know the relevance of number one oval. Is it really relevant? It's not. Um, you know, it's not quite. Oh, is it still the right <laughs> <laughs> not quite the right size for um, you know things like Aussie rules? It's um, you know arguably not the greatest cricket venue. Uh, but there is a lot of
0: history, and I think that's the point you're trying to make. Is yeah, it?
2: and yeah. The, and this is where we need to be guided by a good plan and make sure yeah. that we do the work before the decision time comes, and uh, that's what the the whole master plan review and the, the these these master plan reviews create significant opportunities and you know we've got got the southern end of uh, Bicentennial Park firmly bookended now with a a fantastic uh, regional playground and and that's you know widely revered by the community and loved and well used asset Um, you know what does a new master plan look like for the northern end of of that precinct Uh, so there's lots of discussion there where the We've seen the new brand new athletics facility and the um velodrome facility getting close to to you know being being completed uh, this calendar year they'll be finished and 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 utilised in uh, you know in the spring summer so that that brings into action the you know the activity what what we choose to do with the old athletic site and it's always been part of the the business case for, for these new developments to sell off the old and um, as you say Jack out with the old in with the new and in reality and I guess uh, you know you can't reasonably expect to have the new if you're not prepared to maybe move on some of the old stuff and um, you know I think I think now there's a great opportunity for the city to see what might be delivered in place in you know in that location of the old athletics track it's a prime area right on the national highway uh, right on the approaches to the city with all that other amazing infrastructure around it uh, certainly lends itself to some you know some potential good commercial uh, activities on that site
0: so. Uh, I guess uh, you know, it, it is. Um, Scully park's probably a great example of out with the old and in with the new, isn't it? I mean, there yeah, was World is. War III uh, about yep. Scully Park going and then Scully the new Scully Park, the regional sporting precinct.
2: Yeah, Tim, and look at what's, um, you know, when we look at the old Scully number one and um, sure, it's got some history. Sure, it's got some, um, you know, it's tightly linked to some strong personalities in, of the past and the present. But look at what's replaced that with a brand new uh, Scully Park sporting precinct. One of the one of the acknowledged as being one of the best sporting surfaces in the state. Uh, we've got that wonderful new McCure Hotel there, and the um, the convention centre just recently opened. The, they're great. They're great community facilities to have. But you can't always have new facilities in a growing town without uh after it, the you, know, you have to yeah. break a
0: few eggs to make an omelet but you know <coughs> they, did, they did acknowledge in this, the scully redevelopment that hmm. the history's there That Chillingworth's name has been mentioned through it so that sort of has been continued i guess is the way to look at it and you know that we're going to have this conversation about the War Memorial pool.
2: I mean, yeah, look, Tim, it is, and and I mean we're we've got another one of those conversations emerging now where we're about to demolish the old McCullough stage in Bicentennial Park. It, uh, you know, it's it's reached its use by date. It's the location's not suitable for modern events anymore, and uh, the size and the, you know, the the construction of it, the dilapidation of it. There's a lot of things going into the mix that uh, that's about to be relocated, but. You know, council staff have had a, a, a really productive discussion with the McKellar family about how how the McKellar name and Norm McKellar, as most people know, was a you know long-serving, highly regarded uh, previous mayor of the city and um you know that that building has uh, been has celebrated the you know the wonderful contribution he's made to our society so we need to make sure that we respect that and we find an appropriate way to you know to carry that respect and acknowledgement forward into the you know into whatever replaces it or whatever happens in bicentennial park and i think as you suggested that's that's key to these discussions we've got to get those bits right
0: i think what people need to take into account is the fact that um Knowing it a bit better than some people, perhaps I know that that is something you will personally seriously take as part of what needs to happen.
2: Yeah, look, Tim, it's it's so important, and you know our history and our heritage, and um, you know celebrating and acknowledging those incredible contributions that have helped build our city in the past. We can't ignore those, and um, you know that's that's part of the culture of our city, and nobody has the right to um, you know to disrespect or ignore it.
0: The quick ones at the end the the virgin flying school
2: yeah look it's still progressing um you know the virgin are currently just awaiting uh, approval from the financial um, investment review board the um, the ferb approval uh, which has been sort of um, caught up in the election cycle with the fed federal election uh, virgin are very close to being ready to go they've got the first intake of pilots very close uh, we're really fortunate that w- we've had uh, cae Oxford uh, Training School out there, which has um, had the opportunity to actually ramp up their their um, business on the airport. We've still got um, British Aerospace Engineering there, who are conducting the tail out of their Defence Force training. So lots of activity still happening on the airport, but uh, a lot of excitement with uh, you know with the ramp up of Virgin and. Again, uh, a little bit longer than what I certainly anticipated, but uh, we're getting pretty close.
0: And f- will we ever see, I mean, and I've been muted, and we've talked about this before, freight out of Tamworth Airport overseas?
2: Yeah, look, I think we're getting closer to that, Tim. That's always going to be a long game, that one. And, um, um, you know, we've, uh, we've, we've just currently, the New South Wales Government is um, conducting a, a a pre-feasibility case on a number of regional airports around New South Wales to see which ones might be best positioned to, um, you know, to participate in that international freight op- opportunity. Which there's a, an incredibly strong op- opportunity now for our regions to get fresh produce into, particularly Asian markets, but other worldwide markets and you know just the week before last um in china i did three presentations in uh, shanghai and ningbo and Guangzhou um to to you know a room full of business people about you know this being a project that's um you know that's imminent we're still probably three to five years away but um uh, you know, and you just get swamped with interest. They, they understand how important it is to get access to fresh Australian produce and our produce is regarded so highly and it's they're prepared to pay for it. And, um, you know, we took some business people over there and uh, they've had some amazing stories to tell about their engagement with uh, opportunities. And, you know, I think uh, I constantly say this, I'm not sure that anybody bothers to listen, but I think we've probably got another five to ten years to get ourselves sorted in australia to take advantage of these opportunities and if we miss out i think we we compromise many generations into the future if we don't take take the advantage or the opportunities that are here and now for us to you know get access to these incredibly large and powerful markets uh, internationally and china's one of many there are many others also and um, you know and i think having having air freight and having the potential to take Fresh meat, fresh meat is incredibly, it's so highly regarded and uh, so, so sought after. What it. we've
0: got here with the, the abattoirs here in particular um, and, some, and a lot of other fresh produce coming through here with the with the freight hub scenario, we've got to be at the front of the queue, haven't
2: we? Yeah, Tim, look, I think so. Personally, I think so and, um, you know, I, I'll be devastated if we're not but uh, I don't think we've got a bridge high enough to jump off at the <laughs> moment. They uh, probably wouldn't need your swimmers on anyway but... Uh, I'll be devastated if if it doesn't happen and um, you know we've got some great partners emerging too and um, people like you and I are really keen to work with us on you know what's the potential next irrigation crop look like is it is it more cotton for our uh, New England northwest region is it is it um, you know leafy green vegetables for Asian markets which um, you know potentially has? has the capacity to bring much greater returns and, and more particularly, much better returns per megalitre of water and, you know, I think when we have these water discussions we've got to be serious about ourselves and look at not only how we improve our long-term water security with more dams but how we actually use the water that we capture and store now And is it really appropriate in this day and age to, um, you know, be just tipping water out and let it run across the ground, um, you know, to irrigate or is it things like subsurface irrigation on higher valued crops and um, maybe more labour intensive crops, maybe crops that have the potential to do more value add to um, before they go to markets internationally and you know, there's a lot of work we need to do and things like, you know, producing grain and just loading it on a boat and sending it off mm-hmm. to get processed overseas is not smart for us. Not we've creating jobs, nothing. not, not, employment, not creating employment. We've got to be we've gotta be more clever, I think, and how we approach these international markets is um, You know we've got to be really on the job there and uh, make sure we get the get the right investment for the right reasons and uh, get the get the jobs and the the value add for our producers
1: cole you've been very insightful we could have gone for another two hours there with some of your answers and very interesting things from the water onto what's next and so on and you've done all the serious questions so well but before we let you go we better get some more lighter side questions through you and give our our listeners a better idea about Cole Murray and what he does when he takes off his mare hat. So, uh, Tim, do you want to kick us off with our fast five?
0: I oh, would we'll start off with, um, Cole, you're hosting a dinner party for four people, you and three others. Who are they and why, dead or alive, doesn't matter?
2: Oh, look, um, I'd um, I'd have to say probably Slim Dusty would be at the head of the table. Uh, great fan of Slim. Sure. Um Probably uh, Wilbur Smith, the author. Uh, I've read every single book he's he's ever written. Uh, Great admirer of uh, his skill as a writer. Um, You know, our previously deceased uh, Bob Hawke. While I'm a I'm a conservative voter and conservative thinker, I admire what Bob Hawke did and. you know, maybe John Howard, I guess that would be the other one. I think they're people that I really um, have a have a high degree of respect for and have made an incredible uh, difference in the world that they've lived in.
1: There you go. Whilst we're on the subject of dinner, do you have a favourite meal?
2: Yeah, look, I'm uh, very old-fashioned and, uh, again, very conservative. I just like my, um, you know, my home-cooked meals. I spend too many nights uh, eating out and I really look forward to just having a quiet meal at home just with... Um, you know, a uh, nice red meat meal with um, four or five veggies. Uh, that's that's it for me, Jack. <laughs> it's a everything, bit dull, but... cooked <laughs> by Carol, I think, was the answer there. It's <laughs> yeah, it a safe it's answer, isn't it? Oh, it is, but, um, you know, that's what I really look forward to.
0: And uh, music, I think you've probably given this one away already. What kind of music do you listen to?
2: Look, um, I spend a lot of time in my shed. I've got a wonderful shed at the back of my house and uh, with all my tools and toys in, I'm an old tradie so I like fiddling and making things but uh, the music I listen to when I'm working in my shed is, you know, Slim, Graham Connors, um, Lee Kernighan, um, you know, they're just, they're many others also and, and you know, I've got a, a good, good stock of CDs and... Uh, you know, certainly now with your iTunes and stuff, you can, uh, you can access any music. But uh, like people like uh, Vince Gill, um, you know, there's some great old US um, singers and that. But, yeah, I enjoy music, but uh, it's more, of, more on the countryside.
1: Spoken like the true mayor of Tenworth there, <laughs> Carl. <Cole. laughs> he couldn't really say anything else, but he, <laughs> Could he? he couldn't. Well, that's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us this afternoon, Carl
2: no thanks jack it's uh, it's good fun i'm sorry i get to talk a bit too long about some of this stuff but you can't help but get a bit passionate about it and when you when you're sort of as close to a lot of these projects as i am you you get to understand what the real benefit what that tangible benefit might be to our our broader community and our city and our region and i i get really wound up about it
0: yeah it's the bigger jigsaw puzzle and it's nice to just get some of your own words in it and. You know, there's no traps in these questions, it's just more about what's going on and we just share that with the listeners.
2: Yeah, no, it's great and uh, thanks for the opportunity and it's been a bit of fun.
1: No, thank you very much. Well, that was Cole Murray, the Mayor of the Tamworth Regional Council, joining myself, Jack Howd and Tim Coates for another 2TM News podcast. All thanks to Supersteel Tamworth.